Well, hey, good morning. Good morning. What's up? What's up? What's up? I, I, I was going to start um, this morning by saying, uh, forgive me and, and bear with me because I'm a little bit nasally and, and got some congestion stuff going on. But really, I think um, you actually need my forgiveness because I was at VBS all week with your kids. And this is what I came away with. Uh, so so bear with me this morning. But we, we are starting a new series today called Breaking Free. Breaking Free. This, this is the time of year where we celebrate our freedom as a country. We celebrate with fireworks and picnics and parties, G, G-rated parties, of course. That's how we party, G-rated, of course. But we celebrate our struggle and we celebrate the outcome of our struggle to become the land of the free. And so we remember those who have fought those who have sacrificed, those who have died for this freedom, because we know that almost always, man, freedom comes with a fight and it comes with sacrifice. And so in this series, Breaking Free, and we're acknowledging that many people still fight. Many of us in this room are fighting daily, but our fight is not necessarily against another country or not even against other people necessarily. And it's this fight that is within us, that's, that's in our minds that we fight within. Whether it's anger that you're trying to control or depression that you're trying to get out of, anxiety or codependency or addiction, all these things ha have many people and many of us bound. And we can't control our, our thoughts or our actions. And we long to be free. We, we want to be free. We want this freedom, especially in this season. We just don't know how to do it or how to motivate ourselves or how to find the desire to start doing it. And so mental health, mental health issues are huge right now. They have probably always been, but, but certainly the past three years have accelerated mental health issues in this country and around the world. And, and so this series, the purpose is to provide real lasting practical hope in Jesus Christ, the one who gives forever freedom. And so today, um, I don't know like what you think about mental health. Personally, I think it's uh, all in your head. I hope that you get that joke. Otherwise, you think I'm a jerk. Um, but I <laughs> thought it was funny. My wife told me not to tell that, but I went with my gut, which is usually wrong. <laughs> No, but I, I've been charged with doing the intro to this series. And so I, I was thinking, um, like, how, how in the world do you do, like, an overview um, on a series that deals with anger and anxiety and depression and codependency and addictions and, and all these things? And so my thought was, have you guys heard of Celebrate Recovery? Yes, I see a couple nods. Yeah. Let's get out of here. We're done. We're done. That's it. Go to CR. And then uh, Gary's not here. He won't know. Um, <laughs> no, as I'm thinking about all these things that are heavy topics, anger and anxiety and a host of others, man, these things are, are putting forth a battle. They are waging war in our minds and we feel the reverberations of that war through our entire bodies. It's not just a mental, but it affects how we live and how we act. We feel it all over and so if it's a battle that they're putting forth, what is it that we need? What is it that we want? It's peace. 
man, we need victory, victory, certainly. And then we need that peace, that peace of mind that comes from Christ, that peace that transcends all understanding, that peace that doesn't make sense. Now, there, there's peace that, that we can kind of understand sometimes. Like maybe you go on vacation and you come back and you're just bragging about it and saying, oh, it was so peaceful. It was so relaxing. Of course it was. Like you were on vacation, like you were at a beach house or a mountain house. Or, or maybe you know of a couple um, and you're just like, man, they're the coolest couple. They're just super chill, super easygoing, just super peaceable folk. And, and you're like, yeah, of course they are. They don't have any kids. Like, of course, they're going to be peaceable, you know. But I'm talking about peace that doesn't make sense. Peace that's not natural. Like a family that's going through situation after situation. Maybe that's your family right now. Diagnosis, financial bill, or or, or a tragedy. And yet through it all, peace. Even temperament. You're not easily upset, not easily worried, even though you could be. Not easily angered, even though you feel like you should be. Do you know anyone like that? Just even temperament, peace, no matter what is going on. Peace that's not natural, but supernatural comes from above. So many of you know, and you just heard uh, Stephanie mention it, that Krista um, went on a mission trip to Ukraine uh, about a month ago. She, she got back about a month ago, and, and she was there for 10 days. And I'll tell you what I didn't have with two kids alone for 10 days. Uh, peace. Um, but it, it was okay. But when Krista was there, Krista was there, and Saturday morning, um, they were at the retreat center in Ukraine. They had invited all these pastors' wives to give them just a moment of rest. And Saturday morning they, woke, morning, they woke up at the retreat center and they learned that in the middle of the night, uh, four Russian drones and one missile that had been launched were shot down just a couple miles from where they were. And where her dad was, he was in Kiev, And that's where they've seen a lot of the action over there. They had like 20, 20 Russian drones, several missiles that had been shot out of the air in the middle of the night. And actually, if you'll put that picture up here, Chad, this, this is the warning that they, like we get weather alerts, you know, on our phones or, or bad air quality alert. They get air missile alerts. Like how many of you would see this on your phone and just have a panic attack right then? You know, there are air missiles, there are missiles in your area, proceed to the nearest shelter. And so they woke up Saturday morning and learned that all this had taken place and were a little unsettled. Yeah, is that fair? A little shaken, not at peace, just unsettled in their spirit until, until they spoke to the Ukrainian women. Why? Because those women were so at peace. They were so calm. It didn't make sense, but they were calm because they've been living through this for the past year. And these women and their families, they have been hit time and time again emotionally. They have been hit physically. They have lost loved ones. Some of the women that were at the retreat center had had lost sons in the war. They had lost friends. They're exhausted Man, the reason they needed this retreat partly was because they've been hosting strangers and refugees in and out of their homes for the past year and a half. Man, they were exhausted and they needed this rest. They needed this rest. But you know what they had? What these women had even before they came to the retreat? They had peace. They had this peace that did not make sense, that transcended our understanding. Now, you probably do not want 
their circumstances. Like you don't want to be laying in bed at night wondering if there's missiles flying over your head. You don't want those circumstances. But don't you want that peace? Don't you want that peace in your life? Like you who can't seem to get a hold of your anger and you have these outbursts that, that hurt and degrade those around you? Don't you want that peace? Or you who, who gets overwhelmed with anxiety, you just seem to kind of seize up and lock up. You feel like you can't make any more decisions or complete any more tasks that day. Don't you want that peace? Or you who, who gets depressed and you know you need contentment. You know you need peace. You know you need that contentment that only comes from Jesus Christ, but you just can't find, find the motivation or this desire to fight for it. And I think that's it right there, that word fight. We have this thought that the only way to get peace is to fight for it. Like the only way to get this peace of mind that comes from Christ, it must be to fight for it. So I present you just with this question this morning. What if peace isn't something we fight for, but instead surrender ourselves to? What if peace isn't something we fight for, but we surrender ourselves to? And so that's going to stay with us this morning. We're going to be pondering that. And we're going to be in the book of Philippians. And it's a book, but really it only takes up two pages in your Bible. It's only four chapters long. And we're going to make our way through it, but we're going to make our way through it backwards. Okay, Paul says some remarkable things. And he says something that I think is going to be so pertinent for us today who want peace and contentment. And he starts it, uh, at least this statement is in chapter 4. So considering peace, considering this question, we're going to start in Philippians chapter 4, and this is what Paul says. I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Listen, here's the secret. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Man, the rest, the rest of this sermon is going to be expounding on that secret. I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength. So the most crucial aspect of this secret to contentment is you have to be in Christ. You have to abide in Jesus Christ. I can do, I can do all this, be content, experience peace in any situation, whatever the circumstance, because of Christ who gives me strength. Man, Jesus Christ is called the Prince of Peace in Isaiah 9, 6. He's the Prince of Peace, but not only that, he's the giver of peace, the one who gives peace. He says to his disciples, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. In me, you may have peace. And so listen, the first step in receiving this peace of mind, this peace of being, this peace that transcends all understanding, the first step is surrendering your own autonomy your own self-government and instead letting yourself be governed and captivated by the presence of Jesus. It's not you on your own anymore. No, you surrender that and you are held captive in the presence of all loving Jesus. You are not your own church. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. You were bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. You belong to him. 
Peace is found by surrendering and being bound to Jesus Christ. Man, I love um, what what Celebrate Recovery says about sobriety because they'll tell you, they'll say, anybody can get sober. Okay, it doesn't matter what you're getting sober from, whether it's alcohol or any other addiction, something you're struggling with. Anybody can get sober. You can get sober by tying yourself to a tree and then three days or three weeks or three months later, you will be sober, miserable, but sober. Anyone can do it. Tie yourself to a tree. Recovery, on the other hand, is only found in Jesus Christ. Tying and binding yourself to Jesus Christ. Don't tie yourself to a tree. Tie yourself to Jesus Christ who is nailed to a tree for you. Peace, that ever persevering peace, peace that's beyond our understanding is only found in Jesus. And he says to us, he says, abide in me and my words will abide in you. Ask whatever you wish. Peace, Lord, we need peace. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And so we start being in Christ. We start practicing abiding in Christ. We start taking maybe these lies that we've believed for years. We start getting in God's word and we start replacing lies that we've believed with God's word and getting God's word inside of us. So maybe maybe for years you've believed that, man, if I could just fix this issue, this problem in my life, if I could just fix this behavior, or if I could just get to a certain point in my relationship with God, man, then then he would fully love me. Like I know he loves me, but but he kind of looks on me with disdain sometimes or he he would fully accept me. He would fully forgive me. And, and that's not the truth. The truth is, is that God has loved you before you loved him. God loved you before you even thought about him. He has loved you first and he doesn't love you. He's not giving his love to you like you have to earn it. Man, Christ has purchased it. Christ has made it freely available to you. The truth is not that you have to earn love, but you already have love. Let that be the motivation in your life. And so you start replacing lies with God's truth and you start, you start replacing your words and your thoughts with God's thoughts and God's words. And you start thinking on whatever is true, whatever is noble and pure and excellent and praiseworthy. And slowly, as you abide in God, as you abide in God's word, slowly your mind starts to transform and conform to a new way of life that is, that is totally alien to you, but is right and peace-giving. We surrender to that way, and we start a lifelong process of learning what it means to abide in Christ who gives us strength to be content in any and every situation. And if you want that peace, it is crucial that you are in Christ and living and abiding in Christ. But then Paul gives us more. And to have peace and contentment. And so we back up just a little bit further in the book of Philippians, just a couple verses ahead. And this is what he says to us. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends. So you may know that. That's VBS 2002. VBS works, folks. (laughs) Present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
So we're abiding in Christ, but also, guys, we are praying in Jesus Christ. We are praying through Jesus Christ. Whenever we pray, listen, you already do this. Whenever we pray, we do so in in Jesus' name, amen. We pray this in the name of Jesus, amen. We pray in the name of Jesus. Why do we do this? Because he's the one that's given us unlimited access to the Father. That's why we pray, because he's given us unlimited access to the Father. So we pray through Jesus Christ. And not only that, we can pray like him like him. Man, Jesus, right before the crucifixion in the garden, he puts Paul's words, don't be anxious, into practice. He's the influence for Paul's words. Right before his crucifixion, he's experiencing the most angst in his spirit, His spirit. This, this anxiousness. It says in scripture, he's experiencing sorrow to the point of death for what is about to come. And so what does he do? He gets on his knees and he prays. He prays and he goes and he gets his closest friends to come and pray with him, which if you know the story, they fail, like they fall asleep while they're supposed to be praying with him. So the moral of the story is get better friends than the apostles, Peter, James, and John. You probably won't, (laughs) but in those moments of extreme anxiety where, where you just feel like you can't move and you can't do anything, you can't think about anything, then, then just fall. Man, get on the ground and say, God, I need you. And then as you're able, text your friends, text your church family and say, hey, wherever you are right now, I need you to pray with me. Get on your knees with me right now and pray with me. We pray like Jesus. Man, when he's on the cross, experiencing that excruciating pain, he's praying. Praying. He's constantly going to quiet places on his own to pray. I mean, he's constantly giving thanks for what God has revealed to people, to his children. He's constantly giving thanks for the blessing of food. He's praying for, for the disciples. He's praying for Peter. He's praying for all future believers. He prays for us. Man, why is Jesus called the Prince of Peace? Probably many reasons and probably some divine reasons that I don't even know. But I think hugely he is the Prince of Peace because he's a person of prayer, constantly praying. There's a guy named Tyler Statton, who's a pastor at a church in Oregon, and he's recently written a book on prayer. And uh, one of the things that that he says in there is that, that prayer is a search for help outside the self. Prayer is a search for help outside of you. Meaning the very act of prayer is coming to God and surrendering and admitting and saying, God, I need you. Like, I I can't do this, Lord. It must be you. It has to be you. I need you. And so we either throw up our hands or get on our knees or bow our heads, whatever you do. And you surrender and say, God, I need you. It's up to you. Man, what if peace isn't something we fight for, but we surrender to? We get on our knees and we surrender for that peace. But here's a question. Um, That's hard invalid that you've probably experienced. What about when you're praying? You're praying to God and yet you're still not experiencing his peace. You're praying to him and you're not experiencing that peace that doesn't make sense. Like, you know, these verses, maybe you didn't even like that verse. Don't be anxious because you've struggled with anxiety and somebody preached it at you and you're like, what? Come on, come on. That's, I need more than that. Maybe you don't even like that verse that, you know, don't be anxious. Don't be, okay, abide in me and whatever you ask for, it will be done for you. Okay, God, like I'm in your word constantly. I'm praying to you constantly. So where, where's that peace? Where's that peace that transcends all understanding? 
I'm about to read the harshest line that I have in today's sermon. And I'm just grateful that I didn't make it up. Um, This is what God says in his word. He says, God detests the prayers of a person who ignores the law. God detests the prayers of a person who ignores his instruction. Proverbs 28, 9. James chapter one, it says, do not merely listen to God's word. Guys, do not merely read your Bibles and so deceive yourselves. No, you must also do what it says. Do what God said. Don't just listen to his words. Do what he says. Man, Henry Blackaby, who wrote Experiencing God, one of the things that he has said is that once you have the answer, once you know what God is calling you to do, there comes a point where you need to stop praying and you need to start obeying. Because if you just keep praying and, and, and reading and listening to what he's calling you to do and you don't do it, that's disobedience. There comes a point where you need to start obeying. So we move backwards in Philippians, now in the second chapter, and this is what Paul says to us. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. Be like him. Have that mindset. By taking the very nature of a servant, be like him. Have that mindset. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And Paul says to the the church in Philippi and to us today, he says, have the same mindset as that, as Jesus Christ. Be like that Jesus right there. And we move backwards just a little bit further in Corinthians. And he says this, he says, do nothing, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Have the same mindset and being and living as that right there is Jesus Christ. Guys, we're abiding in his word. We're reading his word. We're praying, still not experiencing peace. Guys, we must walk as he did. We must live like Jesus. We read about him. We pray through him. And we're called to live like Christ. You have got to surrender and lay down your arms and and stop fighting for yourself. Man, we so badly want to fight for our wants and our dreams and our goals and our comfort, but we're supposed to take on the nature of a servant like Jesus did. And to look to the interests of others above our own, to value them above yourself, to start thinking about yourself less and start thinking about others more. If you are fighting for yourself and the things that you want, your goals and your dreams, if you're fighting for yourself, you will lose that fight. You will not win. You will never be satisfied. You will never be content. You will never have peace. You will lose that fight. Surrender. And lay down your arms and lose your life for Christ's sake and you will save it. Our culture today um, (laughs) tells us that we need to have a very healthy dosage of of self-worth. 
you know, and that's, that's one of the ways that our culture today will fight mental health. It's all about self-worth. You've got to fix, fix your view of yourself. We're all about self-love and self-acceptance and self-forgiveness and self-improvement and selfie and self, 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 self. But I think apart from, from not being in Christ, I think the biggest reason that we struggle and have all these issues is because we think about ourselves too much. Think about ourselves. There's a lot to get anxious about, and there's a lot to be angry about. There's a lot to get depressed over or to get upset about if you're doing everything out of selfish ambition. Like if it's all about you and something doesn't work out, that's a strike against yourself. How dare they? There's a lot to get upset about if you're doing everything out of selfish ambition. So Paul says, live like Christ and do nothing out of selfish ambition. Live like Christ. God detests the prayers of a person who ignores the law. So how, how can we not ignore the law? Like, how can we follow God? How can we not ignore his instruction? Does anybody know how to like sum up the law in just two statements in here? Anybody know? Sum up the law? Okay. I'll just say it though, because I saw some hands, but I'll say it. This is the law. Love God and love others. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And that's it. Jesus himself says these two things are, are, are the basis of the entire law. So love God and love others. That's it. That's what we're called to do. Love God, love others. And we're supposed to love them with agape love. It's the love that God loves us. The love that, that urged him to come from heaven, to come from being very nature God. He became a human and he came and loved us. The love that saves us. Man, sometimes I think that uh, love, love is just the same thing as not being mean to people. You know, do you ever feel it? It's like, yeah, I, I love these people, which means like I don't talk to them. I don't say anything mean to them. Yeah, I love them. Like maybe we, we love our neighbor. Ah, oh, we love the neighborhood that we live in. We love, but then you come to my house and you're like, what, what the heck, man? You didn't go outside all day. You don't even know that guy's name, you know? Oh yeah, but we love the idea of our neighbors being beside us. And we love knowing that they're there, just kind of love them from a distance. And thank God that Jesus Christ has not loved us from a distance, but his love compelled him, urged him, to come down from heaven, become like us, become obedient to death on a cross after having been a servant all his life, a healer to his life in the lowliest of places to the lowliest of people. That's how Christ has loved us. And that's how he tells us to love others, to walk out your front door and go to them and serve them. And yet self starts to creep back in. Self, self, self. You know, I've got to protect myself. Got to put up some boundaries. Got to get me some me time. Got to, got to get me some quiet time. I need some rest. And, and the thing is, is that's kind of true. It is true. I just think we can way overdo it. We need rest. We need renewal, but taking a Saturday to binge a show on Netflix is not renewing. Like that is not life-giving, especially when most of the shows that, that are appealing to us on there are pornographic and slanderous. Go on Netflix and Hulu and Prime, you will see. Man, they're not wholesome. They are not life-giving to you and to me. And yet we sit, we, we sit down on Saturday with whatever junk food that we're going to be eating and we think, yeah, I needed this. This is good for me. Ha! That's funny. <laughs> Jesus had me time. 
Jesus had some rest. You know what he did? He went out into the wilderness by himself for over a month and he fasted and prayed. (laughs) Jesus had me time every single day when he went to quiet places alone and he prayed. And you know what? Each time he was renewed to go and love the people that his father loved. Each time renewed to do what his father was calling him to do. And maybe you and I think, yeah, but like, He's Jesus. Yeah, that's who we're following. Like, that's the guy that saved us, and that's who we're following. That's who we're being made more and more like each day. You know what Paul says? He says, hey, guys, follow me. Follow me. I'm coming this way. Follow my example as I follow the example of Jesus Christ. We are becoming more and more like him each day. That's who we're following. And the truth is, as we follow him, and as we love, and we serve, and we live like Jesus did, People will probably try to manipulate you. As you live like Jesus, people will probably try to manipulate you. To use you and to take advantage of you and to walk all over you, at which point you can just roll over and say, here, walk on this side as well. That's what Jesus teaches. That's the man that we're following. The God we love, the God we're following. Dwayne Elmer is a Christian author, and in one of his books, he writes, when we serve, when we serve others, we will be misunderstood, we will be manipulated, and we will be abused, but we will not fear because Jesus walked that same path, and he now walks with us. You will have trouble my followers, my disciples, those who choose to follow in the way, you will have trouble. People will hate you because of me, Jesus says. But take heart, I've overcome. I will be with you to the very end of the age. So don't fear and don't fret. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. The peace of God will guard you, meaning you can stop fighting for yourself. If God's peace is guarding you, you can stop fighting for yourself, surrender, become a servant, and live like Jesus. Walk as he did. And the more that I think about the Ukrainian women and their families, those churches, the more I think of them and and their losses and their exhaustion, their constant not knowing what the next day or next hour holds, man, their, their unending service, and they're always hosting strangers in their house and their peace. Man, when reading my Bible, when reading scripture, I'm inclined to think that there's a strong correlation between their peace and their not being able to think about themselves for over a year and a half. Between their peace and their not being able to be selfish. Between their peace and their constantly serving others. Serving, praying, abiding, peace. Man, so when you... When you start focusing on yourself less and on others more, 
You start focusing on their interests and their needs, and you start focusing on their ultimate need for a savior. Everything else, all your wants and goals, everything else, it's going to start paling in comparison. It's going to grow strangely dim, as the hymn says. It's going to get smaller and smaller because the greatest thing in your life is Jesus and his salvation, and you know that that's going to be the greatest thing in everybody else's life. And so you're going to start thinking about Jesus and his salvation in your friend's life. And when you start to get anxious and experience this angst in your spirit, it's going to be because you want to see God move in their lives. Oh God, you need to move in their lives. You experience this anxiousness for other people because they need God's salvation. And so you start praying, God, would you use me? God, use me. Reveal your love through me and he will do it. You know why? Because he wants us to use us to fulfill his law of love, not to ignore it, but to fulfill it. And he will use you and you will truly be abiding in Christ. Why? Because you know what abide means? Abide means to accept and act in accordance with. Abide does not just mean read and memorize. Abide means to accept and act in accordance with. We have received love and now we act in accordance with it. We read God's word and now we act in accordance with it. Abiding. Abiding, praying, living like Jesus is a new way of life and it's hostile to what our flesh desires. And becoming a servant is hostile to what we desire sometimes. So what you have to do is lay down your arms and surrender to it and receive peace. And so again, this question. Man, what if peace isn't something we fight for? What if it's already been won and now we just surrender to it? How do you need to surrender this morning? What do you need to surrender anew this morning? Maybe you need to surrender some lies you've been holding on to. Maybe lies and the world's so-called truth has been bigger to you than God's word. And so maybe what you need to surrender are all those lies you've been abiding by and living by, and you need to start getting into God's word and getting God's word inside of you. Surrender. Or maybe, maybe you're all about God's word and you love reading scripture and you love listening to Christian podcasts. You love getting all this information. You love reading Christian books, but you're just a, a little uncomfortable with the silent moments after. So you just want to keep controlling the amount of information you're getting, the speed at which you're getting, what you're getting. You want to control that, but, but you don't like the silent moments afterwards of prayer. And so you try to avoid that with just more and more information. And you may not think this, but what you are saying, what your actions are saying to God are, God, I just need information. I don't need a conversation with you. I just need information. Man, Jesus said to the Pharisees, he said, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, but the scriptures testify about me and you refuse to come to me. Man, fall down before the Lord and say, God, you win. I need you. I need your words, but I also need your presence. Lord, I need you. Surrender. Or maybe you need to surrender your lifestyle. And maybe you have been living a life filled with your goals and your comforts and your dreams and your interests and ambition that is only focused on yourself. Lay down your arms. 
Stop fighting and take up a servant's towel like Jesus did and kneel down before all others and become a servant like your Savior did. And surrender. And so right now, and to end this service, we are gonna sing a song. We're gonna sing a song that, that teaches us all the more that life is not about us. Life is not about us. We have to surrender that kind of thinking, surrender that kind of living and receive the peace of God that has been won for us. So this morning, if you need to respond, if there's something that you need to surrender, maybe you need to come to the front and, and kneel down in a posture of surrender. Kneel down before your King, before your God, before the Savior who won it all for you. Kneel down and surrender and consecrate yourself to Him again this day. Lord, today I again submit myself to you. Lord, again I surrender myself to you again. Consecrate myself to you. So if you have something to surrender this morning, and the Holy Spirit's urging you to come forward and listen to him. Kneel down and surrender. I'm gonna pray and then uh, we'll stand and sing. And if you need to come forward, come forward. Let's pray. Lord God, we surely want that peace. We want that peace that comes from surrender. God, to you and to your will. And yet, Lord, we still know that we live in a body that is hostile to surrender. A body that wants everything for its own, that wants to please itself. God, that wants to fill itself. Waging war in our minds. God, give us the strength to lay down our arms. God, as Paul also says in this book of Philippians, he says, work outwardly your salvation for it's God who's working in for you to will and to act according to his good pleasure. God, help us that we might lay down our arms and surrender and truly receive your peace. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Prince of Peace, amen. We stand as we sing. If you need to come forward, come kneel and surrender. Man, if you need to pray, I would love to pray with you, but no, you're not, you're not surrendering to me. That would be weird. Surrendering to God, surrendering to Christ. Sing. If you need to come pray, come.